Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Utah's regularly compared to Silicon Valley. Of course, our version is Silicon Slopes. We should be aware of the headlines. And we should be especially careful about what we wish for. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Helping us think again about Silicon Slopes, Silicon Valley, and what we really want here in the state of Utah is the CEO and president of the Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce, good friend of the show, Derek Miller. Derek, thanks for joining us, uh, rolling into a Memorial Day weekend. Always great to be with you, Boyd, and hope hope you've got fun plans. <laughs> we are. It's our first weekend as empty nesters, so uh, <laughs> it, it may be a good one for us. Uh, you wrote a great pre- piece in uh, Deseret.com uh, talking about uh, an area that uh, the state has been fascinated with for a long time. Everyone, we've kind of obsessed on Silicon Valley and in California and all the technology and all the amazing things that came out of it. We've seen that start to come into Utah with Silicon Slopes. And you made a real great think again argument in terms of what we want, what we don't want uh, on Silicon Slopes. Well, thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about this. You know, I think it's an important subject and something I've been thinking about for actually quite a while. Uh, You know, for years and years, as you referenced, uh, not just Utah, but many places around the country and even the world have asked themselves, how can we be more like Silicon Valley? How do we create a Silicon Valley here in our in our own home? And, um, you know, I had an interesting experience just prior to the pandemic, actually visiting Silicon Valley, and I was visiting some some CEOs there. And it, uh, it was really interesting, Boyd. They said to me, hey, why is, why are you, is Utah trying to create the next Silicon Valley? You, you want to do better than what we're doing here. And, and, we you know, we've had some pitfalls and we've made some mistakes. And they talked specifically about, you know, the fact that it, they have such – you know, high taxes and overregulation and and transportation challenges. And, you know, my gosh, even the people who are making it well into the six figures in Silicon Valley can't afford to buy a, an apartment, let alone a home. 
And um, and it just got me thinking, you know, what are we going to do to make sure that in our silicon slopes that we avoid some of those same pitfalls? Yeah, and that that is a very cautionary tale, and it is something we should really strive to be uh, to be doing it better. Uh, so let's break down a couple of those things that you mentioned: uh, taxes and and uh, regulatory things. Obviously, in California, uh, have not done well. It's something that's been a hallmark for us here in the state of Utah. I think it's really important that we remember the founding principles that put Utah on the top of the economic mountain. You know, I always say to people, you know, an, an economy is, is like growing a garden. Uh, don't, don't expect to walk out into the fall and reap a harvest that you haven't sown. Mm. So we've always got to remember that we did not get here by accident. And it takes a lot of discipline. I give credit to our elected officials, both at a state and a local level, and especially our legislature, because they are very fiscally responsible. And it's, it's that kind of fiscal responsibility that allows us to keep our taxes low and not just low, Boyd, but stable. You know, any any business owner, a small business to a large business would tell you that ha- having stable tax rates is just as important as having lo- low taxes. And so I, I, you know, I use this, this borrowed this notion from the medical field of the Hippocratic Oath that first do no harm. And so let's remember what those founding principles are and keep keep working at them. Uh, so important. And I love this whole idea of, you know, businesses always thrive on certainty. When uh, when there's uncertainty, they're not going to invest, they're not going to expand, they're not going to grow, they're not going to grow right. Uh, and I do think that is uh, an important component that it's not just low taxes, it's not just low regulatory regimes. Uh, it's making sure that they're consistent, that they're stable uh, and moving forward. I want to spend just a, a couple of quick minutes uh, on this other area because it's one that we are continually thinking and rethinking about here in the state, and that is our transportation system, traffic, those kinds of things, along with uh, affordable housing. It's a challenge for us. And, you know, Utah is the fastest growing state right now. And we know now that the census has been complete, that we were the fastest growing state over the last decade. And why are people, why are we a fast growing state? Well, you know, we, we it is true. We have a lot of babies. We do that pretty well in Utah. But it's not just our high birth rate, which is the highest in the country, but as you know, and as your listeners know, we have a lot of people moving here. And why are they moving here? Well, they're moving here for opportunity. They're moving here because of the quality of life. And they're moving here because this is where the jobs are. And I think it's wonderful, by the way. I, you know, I'm grateful that we have all these people moving here because it adds to the richness of our culture. It adds to the, to the richness of the fabric of our society. But I, but I would, again, you know, uh, you know, make a cautionary note, and that is, let, let's, let's take every good thing that these new people uh, can bring to us to add to our community, to add to our culture. But let's make sure that they leave those failed or those tried and failed policies behind in those states that they're fleeing. You know, I, I thought about this and, you know, no analogy is perfect. But, you know, I, I thought about this analogy of, you know, of two people that get married and they're attracted to each other. For, you know, for whatever reason, for good reason, they date, they fall in love, they get married. And then out of arrogance, one of them tries to change the other. And let, let's make sure that we're, you know, we're leaving the arrogance behind and that we're leaving those tried and failed policies behind. And, 
and in some of those places and states that, that people are fleeing. Yeah, so important that we do maintain the things that are working here and not uh, not having that arrogance of coming and saying, we know better, this is how we did it, where we where we came from. We, we may have to have you back for a separate uh, dating segment and uh, <laughs> dating advice. <laughs> Trust, but we'll, me. Trust we'll, me, that would not be good for anyone. <laughs> we'll save that for another day. I, I do want to hit one more thing, because in, in reading your piece uh, today, Derek, the thing that really jumped out to me when we, we look at, you know, kind of this think again notion of, yeah, let's not become Silicon Valley. Let's make Silicon Slope something different. You talked about something that often gets overlooked, and that is this uh, sense of community, this connection yeah. to community, having business leaders that give back and are involved in the community. And and you mentioned that specifically, that in Silicon Valley, they've really lost that and they've recognized they've lost that. And it is something that is a unique part of our uh, DNA here in Utah. We talk about it all the time and, and for good reason. And we call it our secret sauce. And it's a spirit of collaboration. It's a spirit of cooperation. It's a spirit of community building. It, it is it is rich in our legacy, our history and our heritage. And it's the thing, Boyd, that when people ask me, Derek, what are you most concerned about? with the growth in the state. Yes, I'm concerned about the transportation. Yes, I'm concerned about housing affordability. But those are issues that, that we can use data to help solve. But there's something that, that is hard to put into words. And, and because it can't be measured, it, it's harder and more important that we keep this going. And that's the spirit of collaboration. We have to do something more than just build a patchwork of individual business successes, or what I call superstar CEOs, where it becomes more about the individual, it becomes more about the, their their personal stardom, it becomes more about the success of their own business, in some cases, even the, the success of, of their own siloed industry. We have to, as we continue to grow and as people come here, uh, be continually focused on how do we find common ground together and how do we continue to build prop, prosperous communities together? And, you know, I, that, unfortunately, I don't know the answer to that except to say we, we, it just takes humility and, and a willingness to get involved beyond yourself. Yeah. Uh. Love that. Uh, Derek Miller, President and CEO of Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce. Great piece on Deseret.com. And just it is time to think again. We we don't want to become Silicon Valley. We want Silicon Slopes and Utah to be something better, something different. And, uh, Derek, we may need a, a heavy dose of that secret sauce uh, to make this all happen. Great to be with you, Boyd, and, and uh, great holiday weekend to you and all your listeners. So much to think again about there. Yeah, we don't want to be Silicon Valley, California. We want Silicon Slopes, Utah to be something different and better. And I love this idea that Derek put forward that we have to make sure that we aren't hyper-focused on just the crazy success stories and the personalities. We need to keep this about the community and moving things forward in a significant way. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. 
Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.